Welcome back to the Non-Standard 14er Podcast, the podcast that tells you everything the route description leaves out about hiking Colorado's 14ers. I'm rejoined again by Colorado Trail Patrick. BDP. And the Rye Guys back on the podcast. Thanks for having me, sir. Good to be back. All right, so we're trying to do a series on recurring questions. Some of those recurring questions you and I were talking about, Rye Guy, about, you know, do you do pyramid in a day or do you camp? Do you do the um, hourglass for the Southwest Ridge on Little Bear? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the funnest ones to debate is the logistics on the Wilson Group. So I just dug in the 14ers.com uh, website yesterday and looked at all the, uh, just search Wilson Group and to look at all the different forum topics. Okay. 2011 topic is efficient way to do the Wilson Group. <laughs> 2012, need Wilson Group information. <laughs> 2013, <informative. laughs> advice on the Wilson Group. Also 2013, Wilson Group logistics. 2014, how many days for Wilson Group? Question mark. <laughs> and the funny thing is, all this is because nobody knows how to do the search function on the forum. Yeah. Shameless plug for helping Bill out to, you know. And then 2018, I saw looking for advice on Wilson Group routes. Also 2018, Wilson Group experience. There's always the recurring, probably every year, every summer, there's a, what's the best way to do Wilson Group? So I wanted to kind of hash that out, describe kind of why... Navajo Basin is not the best way to do it, or Rock of Ages Trailhead is the best, or Killpacker is the best, or what the best way to do all those three 14ers in in one trip, since it's way down there near Telluride. So how did you do it, Patrick? Well, we did it in three days. Of course, leaving from Denver, you got quite a drive, so I think it's probably close to six hours almost after you you know stop for lunch and whatnot. So we actually went to Killpacker and camped at the trailhead. Uh, we did not pack in the night before. We actually slept at the trailhead, um, got up early, and then we went and tackled um, El Diente, traversed over to Mount Wilson, and then descended Mount Wilson's, um, uh, what is it? What's the one that you threw your... Uh, it's the north slopes. Back into Killpacker or back yeah, in back to Killpacker? Oh, back. Okay, so that's down the, basically the back door route. Yeah. And so back down in uh, Kilpacker, all the way back out. Then we went into Telluride, Burger and Beer, <laughs> drove around to Rock of Ages, and camped just below the uh, trailhead, and then tackled Mount Wilson the next day. So you car camped both times. Home. So you have two nights, you car camped both, and shuttled, or not didn't shuttle, but you drove around yeah. and did So Kilpacker. first day, yeah, drive. Second day, uh, Deante, Wilson. And then the third day was uh, Rock of Ages, Wilson Peak, and then... Uh, back home. So you actually never stepped foot in Navajo Basin? Nope. Okay. Nope. I want to talk about that later because I want to talk about doing a non-standard route to Navajo Basin and then doing Gladstone. We need to do Gladstone for this entire Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. Rye Guy, how'd you do it? So I actually did it. Um, so I did the Wilsons and Sneffels in two back-to-back weekends. And the way that it, it worked out, um, we went down and did... Mount Wilson and El Diente in one put, or one basically one trip. So I think we drove down on a Friday night. Um, trying to think, no, actually, take that back. We took off on a Saturday, got there Saturday night. We decided to uh, backpack up into Killpacker, basically to the last kind of little camping area right before the waterfall. Mm. Okay, some beautiful that's a campsites great, in there. Great hike up beautiful. there. Beautiful. Oh, love it. I got some phenomenal photos that I still love. Uh, people still Because you make that turn yeah. and you can finally see the, the tooth. The El Diente looks yep. like a giant molar. Yeah, no, it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, and then with that waterfall, it's just beautiful, beautiful. 
camped the night there. We had like an 80% chance of rain, so we got up at like 2 and basically in the dark we did. Um, there actually is a trip report on this on 14ers.com. I didn't write it. Uh, one of my partners did. It's called uh, the Low Traverse Reversed. And we went up Mount Wilson via the, again, it used to be called the backdoor route, and it's actually now on 14ers.com as a route. It's class 2 plus, I would say. Up on Mount Wilson, summit at like 7 in the morning, dropped back down that same way, stayed fairly high above most of the basin, and then came and joined into um, basically right where the El Diente standard route then starts. Ah. Went up El Diente, I think we summit at like 9, oh man, it was a little after 9, something like that, as I recall. Maybe 9.30. Did El Diente, turned around, headed back, broke camp, and got out just as it started pouring. So, yeah, basically it was, a, I can't remember why we didn't, I think it was we couldn't do both days, and so that was how we ended up just trying to get those two. We said, well, let's go for two for two rather than just one off on its own there with Wilson Peak. Uh, so the following weekend, we came back down. We drove, left work in Denver at like 5 p.m., drove straight to the Rock of Ages trailhead, camped right below the trailhead. I think we got in like a one in the morning. We, uh, Christian and I were talking about this earlier. Got up. Oh gosh, it had to have been four fifteen, four thirty, and then we went straight up and did Mount or no, uh, Wilson Peak via the standard route. Went back down into town, uh, parted ways with a couple partners, and then myself and one of our partners went over and then did Snevels the next morning. We camped out uh, near actually near Ridgeway, and then uh, Yankee Boy. Yep, and then went up Yankee Boy, did Snevels, and then drove home. South so, slopes or the, the north or the ridge? Uh, no, we did South slopes. So, so, so you haven't been in Navajo Basin then? No. And I looked at it, and it, I do remember looking at it, because we talked about, like, well, what did we, the discussion my partners and I had was we looked at it, and we're like, well, listen, this is kind of longer, and then that first weekend, the weather forecast was so bad, we thought we don't want to potentially screw ourselves. We'd rather put ourselves, you know, in a, in a position where we are a little closer. We can hike in on the good weather day, get close, and then start early. Um, it just, I don't know, it, just, it didn't make a lot of sense to go up into there when the Killpacker site really isn't that far. I mean, frankly, you could camp at the car and just do a single-day push, and I don't think it'd be that unreasonable. Um, because you'd think the three the three peaks are like in a triangle, right? Wilson Peak, yeah. El Diente, Mount Wilson. So you think the basin right between them all three would be the best way to do it. That's Navajo Basin. True. Now, I, I would counter and say the Wilson Standard Route, Class 4, via the backdoor route, Class 2+. You know, like, I and mean, there's you're the centrally rock, right? located. The other thing is, you got El Diente and you got to go up the north buttress. See, so that's the, the north sides of El Diente and Mount Wilson are the shit it's part of terrible Navajo loose. Yeah. I, and I, and the thing that's interesting is most of the people I've heard talk about, and again, for disclosure, I've not done it, most people I've heard talk about El Diente's north buttress hated it. And, you know, the words used, usually used to describe are loose, terrifying, exposed. And, I mean, you get to see it when you get to that final crux move right below the summit. You look straight down. It's like, ooh. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of realize, like, a mistake here would be unfortunate. You know, and then again, Mount Wilson itself. Like, why would you bother going up this really rough, you know, steep side with that crux move when you can just go up the back door? <laughs> it's a piece of cake, relatively. Mm-hmm. The only hard thing is just finding the, the kind of the uh, cleft of, of sorts in the cliffs of where you then gain the gully that gets you right up to the summit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was literally the hardest thing we had was just real quick, okay, which one of these is it? And you kind of had to, you almost have to walk right up to it before you realize that, oh, it's a narrow little chute that takes you straight up. So, I mean, I, like, I don't, it's funny, I was thinking back, like, if somebody said I'd want to go do Navajo Lake, I'm like, I don't actually think I would. I'd be like, I'll go to the other side, but it's just, to me, it seems more yeah, that, expeditious and yeah. easier overall to just, 
two and then one. Like you said, it's not far of a drive. I mean, you know. No, nah, plus you get to go back and you get to go in town and treat yourself. Yeah, grab a beer, go, you know. I'm all done and then. But as you know, what sold me was on Kilpacker was because originally we were going to do Navajo Basin, my buddy Shane and I, and we were actually going to loop though. So we were super ambitious, thinking, okay, we're going to go up Navajo Basin, we're going to camp high, we're going to go over, and we're going to hit Wilson and do the traverse back towards El Diente, and then come down and do Kilpacker out and back into. Now, also, you would, have, you would have to descend that shitty north side of El Diente. Mm-hmm. You would descend so, the easier side, the south side. Yes, and uh, then do the Kilpacker loop because because like okay, that yeah that loop is that's what we did. Yeah, and it's and it's really not that far, but it's it's Jerry Roach had me when he he like says like the waterfall area was like what do you say mystical magical he used yeah. one of those he was like this is it's a magical place I think is what he says, and that was it. I was like we're doing Kilpacker. I want to see it. We didn't see it in the morning because we started super early. We didn't actually get. I mean, we summited El Diente at sunrise, basically. We had to sit below until we got a little bit of uh, um, Alpenglow because we couldn't we couldn't find the route at, at the start. But um, once it got a little bit light out, we found it, got to the top. Yeah, now that, that whole area is beautiful. And that's the other thing, too, is like Kilpacker is just such a cool place. Like I kind of, even all the photos I remember seeing of it, um, it really just kind of was like, I don't know. I mean, this just looks, looks, looks more beautiful uh, in Kilpacker. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I'm like, well, both peaks are going to be easier. Um, and our particular thing, we did have the weather forecast hanging over us, and so that was the thing. Right. We had, it was literally, if I remember correctly, it was an 80% chance of rain before noon. And so my, you know, my buddies and I, were like, we, it got way worse on the drive down there, and so when we got there, we are just like, all right, well, if we're going to at least try this, let's put ourselves in a position where we're not on really rough, right. steep Class 4 stuff. Let's be on the easy side if we got a tuck tail and run. That's a bad place to be in it. Right. So it was, that, that did drive some of the logic in our decision. But I do remember us going, like, oh, this is way more beautiful. Like, it's just right here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not far. Like, what? let's just. So. But again, thinking back, like, I I can't really say I have a ton of desire to go see Navajo. I'd, I'd go easily repeat Mount Wilson or El Diente, but I'll do it from the south side. But you get a good view of it from uh, the summits. You know, you can see you can see what it is. And I, we were lucky enough not to have weather. I don't think we had maybe two clouds in the sky for two straight days yeah no so, I, I just and it was like... beautiful because we were actually it was back when what was that big eclipse event that happened back in 2017 that everybody was oh like, the total solar eclipse yeah go to wyoming oh, yeah. so they yeah. everybody went to wyoming we went south and we actually were on the, on wilson peak in the middle of the eclipse really oh yeah That's and uh, this guy uh, we ran into one other guy that was it and uh he was up there and had some sort of like a uh, sunglass little thing going on and we didn't <laughs> so we didn't see much but it wasn't really much of an eclipse down there so so we did we went into Navajo we we shot we had two cars so we went to dropped a car off at Navajo Lake Trailhead shuttle back and then started a Kilpacker which is like 800 feet higher Kilpacker we did the standard uh, south of El Diente and we did the whole, whole traverse over to Mount uh, Wilson Peak um, terrifying summit <laughs> Electrical storm came in, and we could hear the oh. hear, hear the rocks tingling. Oh God! Oh, hair in the back of your neck stands up. Well, I was just to get Jace over here to tell a story, but I freaked out. Threw my trekking poles down the gully because they're metal, and we just Ooh. scurried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Those are sounds you will not ever. Once you've heard that, you know the electric 
buzzing or the clicking. Oh. Like you just don't ever forget that. Because the, the last move, you I can will feel play. it. You can feel the clicks too. You're One like, time, I was yeah. doing it. My zippers on my pack were buzzing. This is on Huron Peak. Uh, it was actually in September, like 11 years ago, 2009. And uh, literally, I, all of a sudden, it just sounded like I had a beehive in my back. Oh, I mean, like, you could feel the vibration. I remember sitting there, like, it just, and I, it, it took me a second to be like, why? Like, you know, bee swarm, like, land on me. What? And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, 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 you know, time to go. Bees, bees, bees yeah. sting, really, just, really big sting. <laughs> oh, yeah, but again, just that feeling, that buzzing was just, that was trippy. Top 10 things I do not want to ever feel again. Like, just, nope. It's okay. good to feel it once. Yeah, well, now, now you it know. gives you a new appreciation for yeah, oh, yeah, Mother Nature. For you sure, don't want that again. So we flew down the gully. We were probably twelve thousand feet before like our brains and our hearts start stopped racing. Was there uh, snow in your in the gully when you were going down? Not much. It was no? we were did July fourth, July fourth and fifth a couple years ago. It was oh. no, it was no snow because it was a we woke up and it was, it was that, a bunch of wildfires. Drought. We could yeah. smell the wildfire in Durango as soon as we woke up in Kilpacker. So we then we moved camp. Then we camped in past the waterfall, did the traverse El Diente to Mount Wilson, came out, broke camp, and then we did the cutoff route to where we come back into Navajo. And we hiked up almost all almost near the lake after doing the traverse that day, which is a long day because I was like six miles breaking camp, moving all the way to Navajo Lake. It was a six mile heavy pack Oof. in the rain. So that was the low point of our trip. And the next day we woke up at four and weather was awesome so we then we did up navajo to the rock of ages saddle and then did the standard on wilson peak and then we had a shuttle we could shuttle all the way back to navajo trailhead it's a different way of doing it so but again we all did it from kilpacker from the el diente mountain mm-hmm. mount wilson is the easiest way the south side of those two mountains so if you were if somebody was to tell you i have two days i live in denver and I want, I'm in good shape though, and I want to take down all three peaks. So you got a weekend, so you got to work till like five on Friday. You got to be back on Monday in Denver. Which means you're realistically just like we did. We're what not are you getting there until after midnight. What are you going to tell them? They say, I want to, if they say, I have one day Ooh. to climb, I want to hit all three. I think you'd have to drive a terrible drive Friday night and get there at midnight at least. Yeah. But yeah, what, route, is, I mean, what route are you going to pick? What, what direction are you going to do these three in? Because you could still do it Sunday, right? You still climb Saturday. Well, so that, Sunday, I guess that's the question. You is you back. say they have one day? Do one you day. have three peaks. One day. So okay. you just have Saturday. Living, so they. So he's got two days. So he's gonna, and it's gonna suck because you're gonna drive down. You're gonna climb, or you could. Or just put it this way: it, two it, days. It, you could you could camp if you want, but you have two days, two full days. Two full. So you, you got so really leaving Denver back in Denver. Okay, so you don't have weekends. So you have, so you have Saturday, Sunday. Okay. You got. You can go down there can Saturday morning, and you can come back Sunday night. Okay. Can you shuttle? You have two cars. Can you shuttle from trailheads? One person solo. Ah, oh, that's even worse because you can. See, there's a lot of logistics on two different trailheads. Somebody in their you youth know? who's who's if they wants to do it. If if somebody is that good, I mean, I I would honestly do it. It's very similar to the way that I did it, except actually in the same weekend, not back to back weekends, <laughs> adding Steffels. Right. Um, and I'd say yeah, go after Mount Wilson and El Dante first. Do it from the Kilpacker trailhead. Go over camp near the Rock of or the Rock of Ages trailhead. Get up early the next morning. Go do Wilson Peak. Get out. Drive home. Done. But you'd have to. Your car's in Kilpacker. Oh, so you have to go around that. No, I'm just uh, yeah. I'm saying go go in and out and then drive around in and out. Oh, so you drive? Okay. Yeah. I would not do it as a backpack. I mean, even if you're fit, like I, I just don't. To me, like it just doesn't seem. 
So if you think about it, it's though, expeditious to try to sit there and I mean, if you're purely athletically let's, minded, let's sure. change the question a little bit. Let's just say so he's got two full days. Let's say he can't leave. He's got to leave sometime Saturday. If you're driving from Denver, you're going to get there. You know, afternoon. Afternoon. Let's just throw a wrench in there and say bad weather. Saturday. <laughs> it was exactly what I, I was exactly what our team had, and so we. So you have Sunday to hit all three peaks. Oh. What trailhead are you going to do? What order of peaks? So no, no camping. Well, you're going to uh, camp, but it, you could. The Saturday turns into a drive day because you get yeah. down there in the afternoon thinking you're going to do something, and and it's. You got to avoid that north route on El Dante. So one day, three peaks. What trailhead and why? <laughs> Rock of Ages is like the highest and shortest one, right? But Rock of Ages gets you the saddle by. If you're going to do that, I would actually lean towards and just say, fine, do Rock of Ages and just go up and over, grab. I would probably do it in at least in order. I'd probably do, depends if you want the traverse or not, but I'd probably do El Diente, Mount Wilson, go back, Wilson peeking out. And end with the easier one simply because you're going to be fresher for the two most difficult. You think Wilson peaks easier? Oh, easy. Compared to going up the Class 4 side on Mount Wilson and then the North Buttress on El Diente. Oh, right. Yeah, that side, yeah. So, and if you throw the Traverse in there, oh gosh, yes. Could you go Rock of Ages Trailhead, Rock of Ages Saddle, run over, get Wilson Peak, then run down Mount Wilson, over the El Diente, and then you're stranded over in El Diente. Yeah. (laughs) And again, I, I would always advocate towards doing harder peaks first because that way... Again, fresh you're, you're doing that when you're you're fresh. Better weather. Yeah, I mean, I like I'm sitting there thinking of like, okay, if I'm going to have tired legs and be a little wobbly or something like that, I'd rather be on Wilson Peaks Crutch or Crux rather than El Diente or Mount Wilson. The other huh. thing is, do the ones that are the hard to get because if you've got to come back, Wilson Peaks right there. Yeah, so go for the two. That's an easy one. Go for the two that are mm-hmm. far out. Grab them because if the weather's great. There you go. If it's bad and you got to get out of there, you leave the orphan that's close, and then mm-hmm. it's easy to come back and do it. So what we had planned, and the reason I asked that is because that was originally what we were going to do. Was we had we ended up with an extra day at the last second, so it didn't didn't happen have have to happen that way. But we were going to go drive to Kilpacker, and we were going to pack in and camp just past the you know the waterfall camp there. Then we were going to get up, do El Diente, traverse over to Mount Wilson. Down across Gladstone, if you're feeling really randy, <laughs> you're not happening. But across the saddle, Rock of Ages, Wilson Peak, down into Navajo Basin, or and then out around on the trail back, back to, to Kilpacker. Get your stuff and hit in the car. That's not a bad. If you that had was to how do we it. had it planned. Then you avoided the very long north day, side of El Diente. Need great weather. Need good fitness. <laughs> so we hit that, and that was what we were gonna do. When we got to Wilson, we got to Mount Wilson Summit after the traverse, and the guy that we ended up picking up. So there's a guy whose partner bailed on him. This guy from Aspen, and it just turned out that this weekend it was um, that one of those tragic weekends on Capitol. Mm. He works in Aspen, and um, one of the people that perished was one of his friends. Oh. So he did not. Um, he was going to come do Wilson Peak with us the next day. Since we decided, hey, you know what? Let's just do Wilson Peak tomorrow. We got time. And then all that stuff kind of came about, and he took off back to Aspen. So what time did you wake up at Kilpacker? We started right around, I want to say, 3 in the morning. Thinking you're going to try to get three 
of the Wilson Group in a day. Yeah, it was about two thirty. I think we set off <laughs> about two thirty, and what really threw us off? No, I think it was actually two. We left at two, and we got stuck just below El Diente because we couldn't find it. What's it? The uh, like the Red Cliff Band or yep, the, whatever. The, the crossover. Moment. Yeah, we couldn't find it in the dark with just our headlamps. So we waited till we got a little bit of light, and then we got up and we were up at the summit just for sunrise. Did the traverse. I think it was a little under, a little under three hours. I think it, it took us like, about three. I think it was like two and a half hours on the traverse, and we stayed super proper. Some great photos. Pipe organs are a fun yeah. section there. Yeah. Oh my god, it was a blast. The rock is super solid. It was it was not like what I expected. Um, then we did the class four block onto Wilson, and we're sitting there thinking we're looking at it like and this other guy was like, "I'm toast." Shane and I are looking at each other like we could. But this is going to be super brutal. We have tomorrow now. Let's just go down. And, uh, but that was that was the original plan. I have <laughs> I forget. I had it written down. I had the mileage, but it was going to be an absolute brutal, brutal, brutal day. But I was I was going to be like I was going to be pretty proud of like, hey, we just nailed all these. And what there's someone who's done this their trip report on 14years.com is the all four of them. Yeah, three That's a three long... 14ers and Gladstone. Yeah. <laughs> But again, I feel like most of the time, though, you really got to have good conditions. And that area is Great. known for yeah. the rain and the storms that come in early. Like, oh, man. Our that weather was perfect for us. We hadn't, we could have done it. The weather would have been fine. It just, uh, yeah. It was it was too easy to say, let's just go Let's go back down. Let's go get our stuff. Let's go to Tire Ride. <laughs> let's go get a burger and have a beer. And then we'll regroup and go camp at Rock of Ages. Did you get smugglers? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Of course. Yeah. Kind of have to. It's like a yeah. It's like Quincy's. Like it's like mm-hmm. um, super fun. I kind of yeah. I mean, I I you know honestly like strength wise, I think I had it. Mentally, I was pretty tired. I thought you know, the second day on Wilson Peak, uh, just coming up on that like little I don't know what you call it, like a perch. You see the crux of the rock before oh, you yeah. the little, uh, yeah. little lose hundred feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was really airy. That was kind of like made you crouch and like pucker. Yeah. Yeah, there's some really cool, and I, it's it's funny when you see when you talk to people that did the, the, the traverse the opposite direction, and they talk about that the area where they they chose to even some choose, even chose to repel, down climbing from close to Mount yeah, Wilson. Yeah, exactly, and um, you know it's and it's always different going up climbing something, so I I never judge, and it's I don't know I don't know where the repel would be, but I I would definitely up climb that rather than down climb it. So I thought that was. It was a good choice starting with El Diente and heading towards Mount Wilson, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, see, in weather, that would be... It's a totally different ballgame, for sure. It's, I mean, they're all dangerous in the weather, but like there's, when there's when there's nowhere to go, that's that's one that you... Yeah, that was why we were talking that one day of like getting up there early, because, yeah, we were sitting there... And that, that was why I'm making the argument of, like, yeah, if I'm going to have to potentially be on weather, I'd rather be on the class two and three rather than the Absolutely. four. Right. Like, ugh. If you're going to have to... <laughs> run for your life. Yeah, I want, I want to be able to take and be on stuff. Be in a place where you gonna... can actually maybe run. Yeah. Sort of, you know. So that was my one question. Can you do it from one trailhead? So you'd say Killpacker. Killpacker, El Diente, Traverse to Wilson, drop into Navajo Basin. I mean, if you're going to Back... do it all in one day, if you're going to do it, if you were to split it in two days, I honestly, like, you know, your your middle point's probably going to be your easiest. and You're, you're going to have the least amount of elevation you know, loss. If you st- if you were camping all the way up at Navajo Lake, then you could just. But again, you have that 
factor in that north side of El Diente where at one point, yeah, you either go up the north side or down the north side of El Diente. Or you, you know, or you just no easy. You do the traverse twice. Traverse it twice. <laughs> but, out and back. Out and back. Or, but, you know, you can always drop. You don't have to stay proper on that traverse. That's what you, that's what you kind that's of did, what, right? Yeah, what, right. He was just talking about and what Sean did as well was, you know, staying below. I think he even did his on the Navajo lakeside versus being... Drop down hey, he does there. stupid things. Like I think he carried. <laughs> yeah, I think he carried a heavy pack over Rock of Ages. Of course he did. Oh, and then guy, dropped into an avatar. Guy carries a forty-pound <laughs> cast iron skillet in every <laughs> glass <Did> bottle you... <laughs> of. So you're around the exact same distance if you did the El Diente first. From Rock of Ages? No, no. From Killpacker. You went all the all the way up to the back side. We, yeah, we did Wilson first. I mean, we, yeah, it would be the same. It's just a matter of which way you did. Either we we decided to go, steps either way. Yeah, and we decided to go. And our logic, breaking even down further, we decided to go from Mount Wilson first because we thought, all right, this is the one where we know it's going to be a little harder to find. And again, it's further back in there. So if we if we end up getting it and then get stormed out of there before El Diente, El Diente is the closer one to come back to. Mm-hmm. So you're always thinking of orphans yes. or easier ones than what you get. And what's funny is is that the more I've gotten into 13ers, I, oh, golly. Uh, and, and to be fair, there's a few times that I've, I've had a couple partners give me crap about you know leaving one off somewhere. I usually manage to do it about once or twice a year. I'm like, ugh, well, well. But yeah, like try if you're there, like always try to focus on what you can get. But then contingency plan, if you do have to bail, leave something that's close and easy. So, like, there's actually a few peaks that I need in various areas that are actually really close to trailheads that happen to be the orphan because of Makes the bad it weather fun. and it was loop and, well, Makes huh. it more fun. So now I'm just, well, that way. Yeah, the cool thing is next time I'm in that area, I'm like, hey, I got this thing little Quick little hit over here. Yeah. yeah. So. And then maybe That's there's the a, you know, a sweet 12, 12 over there, too, you know. It doesn't... Oh, I haven't gotten that crazy yet. <laughs> Give me five years to check in, maybe. <laughs> All right. So many 13 years. I, I feel like that's going to be the decade project, so. <laughs> right. You'll never run out of peaks to climb here, that's for sure. So many. So Navajo Basin sucks, because you have to do the north side of those two. Another question, recurring question on the forum is, what's the easiest way to do each each peak? Just the route, it's always yeah. South I'd, slopes on El Diente. Uh, yeah, I'd still come back and just say, I mean, aside from just the pure class rating, I mean, I feel like the nice thing about... If you're not doing them separate together, you just, yeah. I'm just talking about what's the easiest way to do all three, each, each of them. My logic on that with El Diente would simply be, I mean, there's really, there's three routes to get to El Diente. There's north, south, and traverse. Um, of those, the side that most people go on that's the easiest just route-wise is going to be the south. The other thing that's always a factor, at least in my mind, about peaks that are on a looser area is the more traveled routes likely to be you know, reamed out and you don't have a lot of loose stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Whereas the routes that are non-standard slash you know, more difficult, so let's go north buttress, you know, because not as nearly as many people do them, you've got a lot more hang fire up there potentially. Sure. And so that, at least to me, especially in the San Juans, is always like a kind of a consideration. And I would argue the same exact thing for Mount Wilson as well. Is you know you've got the class four on the north side, but then you've got the class two plus on the south. The two plus really didn't feel all that bad. Um, to be fair, I did most of it. I mean, it was pretty dark, but like didn't ever really feel that bad. Right. Um, and again, I've never really seen anybody that has done that. I've really not seen much negative about it. Whereas on the other hand, the standard route on Mount Wilson, everybody always flips out for the, you know, the crux section, and then talks about the lower section being loose and sending boulders down into the Navajo Basin. And then I kind of sit there and go, again, between the two of those, I'm going to gravitate toward the one. And like, if the goal is to simply get the peak, I mean, you know, want to sit there, put yourself in danger, and deal with something harder when you don't need to. So south, El Diente, south on south on Mount, Mount Wilson. Wilson. 
And then there's only really only one. And then, yeah, and on Wilson Peak, it really is only the standard. Um, there is a winter route that goes up on the south side, but that's not an option in summer, really. It's a loose slope. And so Navajo, yeah, Navajo so. approach and the Rock of Ages approach meet the same saddle. Yeah. And that north, that north buttress, and, and with with snow in it, is supposed to be uh, a lot better. Snow's the you know, at least in winter is a good if you if you have that yeah plasters everything together. That's totally different. It, yeah, that's a different. You uh, got to read the, uh, Roach's description about the guy he rescued in 1966. Ah, oh, such a great. Yeah. You ever read that one? I don't think I actually have read that one. I probably skimmed. I don't remember it. Uh, he says something well, about they. Climbed the traverse and they saw some. Did he call him a little cuss or something because he unthankful? Climbed this route in the frosty <laughs> night in 1966. And he's at dusk. He saw a guy wildly waving his jacket after dark, trying to show an SOS sign on the North Buttress route of El Diente. So they got like climbing gear and climbed up to him and helped him and roped him in, belayed him to safety, and short roped him down. He just Roach describes this man as wretched and churlish. He never thanked any of us. I hope he at least stayed out of the mountains. <laughs> That's what he wrote in his description of the. The unfortunate thing for us is those people never stay out of the mountains. <laughs> nope. So follow follow any of the SAR groups on Facebook, and boy, I'll tell you, the summer is like a it's like a shooting gallery. Oh yeah, uh, you know what? And people, you they only this, this, the SAR stories are only the ones that like seem harrowing or you know those are the ones that only people make the news nobody really knows it. I mean those guys are out how there many close like, calls you have all too. the time That's where, from oh. people that are it's ridiculous stuff too it's yeah so where do you rank the Wilson group <sighs> difficulty compared with you all the 14ers you guys have all done the 14ers you're all finished the 14ers I don't know I took the last one which one is the hardest one Mount Wilson or Wilson Peak you said Mount Wilson. I'd say, well, I think it depends on the route. If you're doing standard routes, Mount Wilson, hands down, because it's that the crux move at the very top. Yep. Um, yeah, if I you're if you're not going to do the standard route, and you're going to do which, I, to be honest, I don't even know why the back route or the back door route isn't the standard. Frankly, um, as far as what the hardest, I'd say El Dante. Um, yeah, I think combination. You went up the south and down the south and didn't do the reverse. You think? Even then, because I, I think El Diente, the, the point where I always hear a lot of people turning around is the final section right after you cross over and you're just below the summit on and the north side. you can see Navajo Basin. You're in the other side. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You're on the north side and you look straight down the buttress there. There's that steep. That's the snow field. Steep, Real steep. Yep. Steep area. And then the, the dirt's pretty packed and there's not a lot of traction there. And then you kind of got a wall that goes up yep. to the traverse. So you you're can't right. really go high. And then you got to cross over that little gully. I have, a, I have a photo somewhere of one of my buddies crossing it. But you just realize if you slip, like, you're going to tumble and tumble. And, like, there's just no stopping. Awesome. And then all of a sudden you get right to the top. And then you're okay. You're kind of sheltered mm-hmm. a little bit as the final couple moves onto the summit. But that one little area, um, yeah, that area I hear more people having to turn around. I know several people that didn't finish the 14 years the year they were thinking of because they got to that. And there was that ice. one spot. Yep. Uh, and so I mean, because it's on the north side, you'll typically get first snow will stick there more. You'll have ice that lingers longer there. And so, yeah, that one little area. And then on top of that, El Diente, I mean, it does have the reputation like a lot of the San Miguel's in that area do for being loose. But I feel like you add those two together. I was expecting snow there because we had so much snow around, but it, we didn't have... And that's the interesting thing is if you go if you go via the standard routes, all of the Wilson Peaks, their crux is like a little area right below the summit on the north side. Yeah. 
Holt Matt Wilson, Holt Snell, El Diente, and Wilson Peake. Sometimes Their little crux parts yeah. is right. Oh, you're there. on the north side, yeah, because you drop. You're on the right. south of Mount uh, Wilson Peak most of the day. Yeah, and you end up kind of on the north. I mean, technically speaking, it's probably the northwest if you measured it exactly. But it's enough, and maybe I'll amend it and say all the areas on the right before you're coming up to the summit on the standard routes are shaded or in shadow for a good portion of the day. And so ice and snow becomes a real thing ah. most of the year. Because mm. even think about, I mean, think about going up Wilson Peak there, you've got that, you know, those kind of rocks. It's not a big deal if it's all dry. You had some snow and ice in there, and suddenly that's a whole other ball. Even just wet, then you're oh, it's, exactly. And it looks really intimidating once you yeah. get that little. Yeah. Now, if you go to the back door on Mount Wilson, not too big of a deal because it's on that south side, yeah. and you go up that big rubble-filled gully yep. to get there. Like, really, there isn't a lot to be concerned with. Twist an ankle, but you're not going to sure. fall yeah. 600 feet yeah. and tumble. Whereas you very <laughs> likely would yeah. on Wilson Peak or LDN. So no so those fall are, zones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all things considered equal, if it's all dry, yeah, I, I think Wilson Peak Summit Block is, I mean, that's the that was the toughest move outside of if you're on the Traverse. Like I said, that, that big drop right before the big climb up. I mean, those, those are the two spots that stick out to me. I mean, outside of that, I never, I, I can't I can't say that I, there was any moment where I thought, okay, this is, I, I, I honestly thought that they were a little... They read a little more intimidating than they ended up being when you were there, which, of course, is the case with a lot of mountains. But um, people yeah. have different perceptive, perceptive totally. It's, it's perspectives on everything, so it's, like, it's, it's completely subjective. And, 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 and honestly, it's it depends on what gets to you. If exposure gets you, then there's I can see lots of places that, that might get you. Like you said, there's on the traverse, there's some airy, airy, airy spots that oh yeah might get you if, if you were not a couple a big fan of. Uh, but the rock was really solid. Um, uh, El Diente was the loosest of the three, of course, for me. And, and but I, you know, I, yeah, I think that if I were the guy that was with us too, and he he went around like when you were talking when we got across the traverse, and he ducked down and around and kind of did that back back way up uh, uh, Wilson Mount Wilson, and we did the summit block. But I can I can see it depending on your height where that Wilson summit block would be a lot tougher if you were a shorter individual versus. Mm-hmm. Having the ability to kind of Mount rush. Wilson, you say? It's yeah. a crux move. I thought the crux move on Mount Wilson was worse than the yeah. crux on Wilson Peak. Yeah, I did too. But then we hit, hit the electrical storm. But you're tall too, and you have a long reach. And, and <laughs> if you're short, I can see where that might be like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're really exposed. Because you're very exposed there. And, and if you can't make that reach, I'm a lanky guy. I can, I my arms are really long. I can reach. I, it was no That's problem. But this other guy got there, and he was like, no, he didn't want any part of it. But he's, you know, he was like 5'8. Was not was not happening. Hmm. Part so I guess that made me think. I was like, okay, well, I guess it, depending on your situation, regardless of skill, if you're if you're if you're not a tall individual or you're a shorter guy than or, or gal, then that might be a scarier spot for sure. Um, loose rock is always scariest to me. Like I yeah. honestly, like exposure doesn't bother me. It's it's rocks that that, that go. And, See, with that, on that, I've heard yeah. of more loose stuff on El Diente than the other two peaks. Yeah. And That's I always where I, I think your stuff is, you know, El Diente always seems to be the loose rock right. king of that particular area. Um, we had some people that we were on Wilson Peak that stopped at that little, whatever crow's nest area you want to call it before you had to drop the 100 feet. <laughs> oh, yeah. It looks really intimidating from that angle. It does. And, but once you, and again, it's one of those things, like, and I guess for me, when I'm, when I'm climbing, like, whenever I'm on something, it never really kind of gets to me, but you can kind of build up this... You know, mystique it's like about yourself it. Out. And you're, yeah, and and you're and you're thinking like, oh man, and that was kind of how it was with it's saved Little Bear for like second to last. Cause like that one always just kind of sat in the back of my mind. Like, 
when you got to the that's it. end Wilson Peak Saddle, you can either stay high in the class three like ledges or you can drop a little bit. Well, how did you do it? Oh, so you mean the saddle between, you know, when you go up Rock of Ages, like between there? Because once you're up Rock of Ages, then you got to go up toward, mm -hmm. and it splits off toward Gladstone, and then so it heads, heads up, and you run toward. Yeah, you come to a point where you have to split, and yeah. basically if you go left, climber's left, you're going to end up heading up Wilson Peak. If you go right, then that's the ridge that takes you over yeah. to Gladstone, right. Gladstone being standard rock. So yeah. you can stay high at Class 3, like, ledges, yeah. which we did on the way over, which we regretted. Yeah, I did the, the same thing. The way back, Shane, we dropped about a couple hundred feet, but we were glad we did. And it was so much easier. And yeah. we had to regain the yeah. saddle and some loose dirt, but it was not like those slabby ledges. See, we went, um, yeah, my buddy Shane's a big, he's he's an adrenaline junkie. So, yeah, we, we stayed high, and then we stayed high on the way back, which I, after, you know, looking at that and hearing what you just said, I, I wish we would have dropped. And yeah, because losing 200 feet is nothing compared to... Sliding to, off on those slabs. Or, yeah, oof. it was a lot of slab climbing across. I remember that. But he he lives for that stuff. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down to try it. But, you know, it's still within my comfort range. But, yeah, I, the easier route would have been to drop. But it wasn't those slabs were, I mean, they're grippy. It, like I said, the weather was great. It was, there's nothing, there was no other, like, extenuating circumstance. that. Here's why I want to do the centennial then. I want to talk about... Gladstone, Gladstone Peak. <laughs> Let's do the Woods Lake approach in a Navajo. Have you looked at that one? And then go up into do Gladstone Peak. Amazing views. So you look at the wood. Uh, it comes from the other side, re rejoins just below Navajo Lake. But coming and once you gain out of tree line, you're looking directly at El Diente. Uh huh. It's an amazing. Real description on 14years.com is an amazing view of El Diente. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I'm I say we hike in Navajo bit lakes and then do the Centennial Gladstone. Anything that puts me it. on a new trail, I'm I'm always. Uh, oh, before should go to Navajo. I know. I've been on Navajo. Yeah, that was the one I hadn't been on, so I'm I'm in. Yeah, that'd be fun. And Gladstone is uh, what's the rank in the. Uh, Centennials. Is that tails? It's thirteen nine eleven. Okay. <laughs> it is. He doesn't have a paper in front of him. He's, I know. That's a, <laughs> no, it's it's a, it's a fun peak. I would honestly, I would recommend do it uh, the way we did it, full snow, and do the east face from Lizardhead Pass. Lizardhead. Because the cool thing about it is, and I'll I'll, I'll try to see if I can sell it here a little bit. So so we did it Memorial Day of two thousand thirteen. I think it was. Um, so yeah, you basically park just below the summit of Lizardhead Pass. You'll hike up the trail to Lizardhead. You actually hike up right below it. Really? And then basically that's a saddle with Cross Mountain, and you'll then drop down into the Bilk Basin. And the cool thing about Bilk is you're looking straight over at Wilson Peak, and then you've got Gladstone right in front of it and up to your left. Mm. And then you basically just head straight up, warning it's a Stairmaster. Sure. Um, and you basically, you'll, you'll drop a little elevation straight up um, then you'll find some cliff bands you'll stay left come through cut it all the way across find the east summit ridge and then take that directly to the summit um, there's actually two trip reports on 14ers.com of the same trip that we were on two of my partners wrote trip reports uh, Rainier Wolf Castle wrote one and then um, I'm trying to blank on who wrote the other uh, Josh Friesma who used to, uh, Colorado native used to be one of the moderators of the yeah. forum uh, he's also on Teller County SAR um, and so yeah they both wrote That'd be cool to go on here. Lizard head. 
Yeah. But as a snow climb, it was cool. Like, we wore crampons and snowshoes from top to bottom. Sure. Um, so snowshoes all the way from the car, and I think we ditched the shoes at, like, 12.5 or 12.6. As soon as it started getting steep, we switched to crampons and then had those all the way to within a few few feet of the summit. Uh, it's it a super, tiny super summit. Fun. Yeah, it is very small. Was there snow coverage, like... It was complete snow coverage. We never did find the famed. Uh, there's a big crowbar up there, huh. and we never found it. But it's it, it's the, same, the it? whole thing, I, someone just took it up there, kind of like a toaster on El Diente, like you know, just kind of like left it there. But I've seen photos of it in the summer. But this big crowbar just you know just kind of stabbed into the rocks. Huh. We never uh, we never found it. But yeah, the summit was decently small, and basically had to kind of actually plunge my ice axe into the the uh, summit. I had it t- leashed to my pack. And then one of my buddies actually leased to my pack, and like we were all kind of like, because it was small enough with five of us, like we were actually kind of like, if you started sliding, pretty much all ways just didn't, you know, weren't going to be good. Did you but, make some tea on the top? So, I try to remember if I did that time or not. I don't think we did because we were racing the clock. So, to wrap up our Matt Wilson, the Wilson Group podcast, I want to ask you say you have someone who's, you know, 25, 14 years in, don't have a lot of class three experience. What three pieces of advice would you give them for the, doing the Wilson Group? Three pieces. Three pieces of advice. Three pieces for three peaks. Okay. Three pieces no for three class peaks. three and they're... But you know, they're someone's like, you know, midway through their 14-year experience. They don't have a lot of... You know, so they've done like Kelso and yeah, maybe, maybe Sawtooth or something. Nothing. Yeah. What kind of advice? So I, I was reading my trip report and like I said, we backpacked in the Navajo Lake and we were working out... We were trying to backpack about four, four miles once we moved camp. But there is nothing between... That turn off from the Navajo mm-hmm. Killpacker to get to Navajo Lake, you have to gain a lot of elevation gain before there's a flat place to camp. So you got to push to Navajo Lake to basically camp in that basin. Uh, I say to traverse El Diente to Mount Wilson is a good three hours. You need to have a really good weather window. And if you go to a pretty slow pace, moderate pace, what we were at, we took us three hours. So again, it's probably back to weather. Now, you know, this this person, are we thinking of them doing the traverse, or is it just kind of Either open way. season? Yeah, they, just, they, they haven't really done any research. Probably tell them to avoid the traverse that early in your yeah. 14-year well. career. I mean, I'm not going to tell somebody they're not capable of it, but just say, like, hey, you're not setting yourself up for success here. So I guess the three points at least I would give, I'd say, look, this is going to be probably looser than just about anything else you've done. Don't trust anything. You need to basically test all your holds. Make sure that you know, especially in any of the more climbing sections, that you know these peaks are known to be loose. Not only the San Juans are loose, but the San Miguel's are their own sort of special loose. Um, and the, it is even more true for the 13ers, uh, by the way. Um, so I'd probably say, yeah, everything's going to be loose. Make sure you test it. Don't commit to something and make sure you've got you know, good solid holds. Um, I would also say watch the weather. The San Juans, especially most of the summer, are notorious for the monsoon. And frankly, any of these three peaks, I would not want to be on in the event of bad weather. Um, you know, this is the, Mount Bierstadt's one thing. I mean, you know, the lightning strike several years ago, notwithstanding. Oh yeah. You know, like at least the weather gets bad. Like it's a pretty dirt, nice, gentle trail you can go running down. Whereas there really just is not a great escape option on any of those three peaks. Um, you know, it's loose rock, it's steep, it's, you know, when that stuff gets wet, it's slick. Like, there's just not a great option to bail. Yeah. And finally, three, I would also just say don't, um, don't underestimate the exposure on all of these peaks. Because all of them, especially if you're doing Matt Wilson's standard, you know, you've got that final section below the summit block. 
you know, El Diente with that section we talked about earlier, where the north side there, I mean, that again, I know that's, that's turned a lot of people around. And then finally, even on Wilson Peak, that last section before the summit as well, I know a lot of people have gotten up there and just been like, nope. Um, you know, basically just don't underestimate what you're, you know, what you're getting into. You're totally capable of doing this, but take your time and, you know, make sure you realize, like, no, these are serious peaks. There's a reason a lot of people save these. So. Good point. Yeah. Well, those are all good. You know, it's kind of my standard <laughs> advice to people is, uh, on these, I would say, know your routes, know your backup routes, have your escape route, uh, because of the weather, because uh, you don't know what you'd be into, but uh, you know definitely know the trailheads and, and where they go, and, and if you have to bail off so that you you have your route out. Um, so that goes out saying. Um, I would also say to give yourself ample amount of time and enjoy it, because it is a long drive. I mean, maybe you live next to it, maybe you don't, but if you're far away, give yourself the extra time. I would recommend multiple days. Um, that way, you do have fresh legs. You know, you have the ability to uh, to audit, you know, or to audible, I should say, if uh, the weather goes uh, the weather goes south. And then uh, don't skip Kilpacker Basin. It's beautiful. Enjoy the hike. You know. So yeah, I think that would just be it. Be yeah, prepared. Have fun. Tell people to do just day trip to Kilpacker Waterfall would be a good. If you're hanging out in Telluride totally. for a couple of days, vacation, just Kilpacker. Three three mile hike probably up to the waterfall, see El Diente from that view, and yeah, totally. Don't be afraid to turn around. Yep, that's uh, you know, the, the, the mountains will always be there. Cool. Thanks, guys, for coming over and having a good conversation. Oh, thank you for having me, sir. Good yeah. to be back. Thank you, thank you. All right.